1: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present The Show That Is Everything Oilers Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Managed print services to keep your printing costs down Yeah, Digitex does
0: that D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A On Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It is 106 in Edmonton. This is our number two of Oilers Now, brought to you Monday through Friday by Digitex for the last seven seasons. Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. I know earlier today, Jim Matheson put out a note that Bugsy Watson had passed away. Uh, you old schoolers uh, would remember uh, Watson as an antagonist, as an NHL. Player checking specialist. He was also the Evans Oilers head coach to start the Oilers' second season in the NHL in 1980 uh, 81. Uh, he had a record of 4 9 and 5 to start the year, and Glenn Sather ended up uh, taking over the reins as head coach and demoted Watson to assistant coach alongside uh, Billy Harris. Um, and Watson ultimately elected, uh, let's see, when the Oilers lost, so that season, that 80-81 season, many of you would remember this, Edmonton knocked off the Canadians in three games and then lost the Islanders in six and that was it for Watson as an owner's assistant coach but uh, Bugsy Watson passing away at the age of 78 today and uh, we should uh, uh, I Maddie was telling me earlier today, I had a conversation with him, that one of the things that Bugsy wouldn't do is he wouldn't play Gary Curry and I think we all know how it ended up going for, people forget this the first half of the year and that's you know what? That's going to be part of the genesis of our conversation when we hook up with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Live third racing is back at Century Mile each Friday and Sunday evening. Uh, they're back to full fan access, but you can still watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is 6.15 p.m. Uh, you can tweet uh, the show at orders now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore stoffer, Tweet Brendan Escott. Brendan with two Es, Escott with two Ts. Uh, tweet Sportsnet back at Sportsnet Spec. And we will uh, get off to the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at this time and hook up with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta.
1: Spec, how are you doing? Pretty good, Bobby. Nice hot day here in uh, Edmonton. Kind of like summer almost, huh?
0: Kind of like summer, except we got about uh, three solid we- we- uh, work uh, weeks left of work from a oh, the, I know, uh, hockey. Yeah, <laughs> hockey. So let's get just on Bugsy Watson. I mean, you and me were not. A full-time in the media at that age. Uh, I remember when he was briefly the head coach, again, Matty telling me today, he wouldn't play Yari Curry. And Mark, sometimes that happens. Sometimes coaches are leery to play kids. Some have suggested to me that occurred during the course of the Oilers' playoff series against the Winnipeg Jets, and I think an argument could be made in that regard. And it might not just be players like Connor McDavid and Leon Settle that like to see a little bit more veterans added. If you're Dave Tippett, and, and, uh, Jim Playfair, and you came in potentially on three-year deals, and this is the third and final year of those deals. You're probably leaning to veterans as well, because veterans make fewer mistakes as a rule of thumb, Spec.
1: Well, listen, back in Bugsy Watson's day, it was, it was way worse in terms of having to earn your way in, and you know, there was barely any kids played. But listen, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this Stanley Cup final in 2021 began with Cole Caulfield, and I believe Nick Suzuki not in the
0: lineup, is that right? No, Suzuki was, I'm oh, sure. Suzuki,
1: Suzuki was in, Cole Caulfield wasn't, um, and Romanov wasn't, right? Yes, and by the you know quickly, Caulfield found his way back in, and very you know not that quickly. Romanov went in and scored a huge goal in the only game they won. So, you know what? It, it's not just a then thing, Bob. I think sometimes it's still a now thing.
0: Well, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, Caulfield ended up playing 20 of the Canadians' 22 playoff games, uh, and Montreal had a wonderful run. And I'm just trying to pull up Suzuki on the fly here. I'm pretty sure he played every game. I could be wrong. Yeah, he got in it. Go to the
1: the first game of of the first round. I know that one of the rounds started, and they didn't play these some kids, and everyone
0: was like, "What are you doing?" Well, Kotkaniemi only played 19 of the 22 games.
1: Mark. Caught, not Mark. Suzuki. Kotkaniemi, my mistake. That's the guy.
0: Mark, I, 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 gotta tell you, I watched Eric Stahl against Tampa. I got why Eric Stahl was in the lineup against Vegas, but against Tampa, Eric Stahl playing with Corey Perry, to me, those guys got challenged. Like, there were, there were games where Dom Ducharme started that line to, to start the game or start the period and they got hemmed in right because they, they lacked the foot speed and quickness. Those guys are both great players. Sometimes speed, it's interesting with position, Mark, with experience. I look at Edmonton and somebody would say, well, can they use Duncan Keith? And you and me are like, yeah, they can use Duncan Keith because they need an experienced veteran leader that knows how to win. And the analytics guys will say Keith sucks. He can't even be a, you know, a a top four defenseman in the NHL anymore. But when I look to forwards and wingers in particular, I don't mind seeing a little bit more speed on the flanks and a little bit more youth. So for me, it's a little bit positional. But do you wonder whether or not that desire to get more experience has factored into the equation with the conversation with Ken Holland, with Connor McDavid, with Leon Draisaitl, with Darnell Nurse, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and and also with Dave Tippett. Like, hey, we gotta get some more experience and help here for these guys. Oh, listen, you can't
1: it can't be all one thing. Right? You can't win any more. You know, remember the Dallas Stars, how old they were with the grumpy old men and a bunch of big guys and guys that like Darian Hatcher, who was great in that era, but couldn't, you know, had to get out of the game when the game opened up. You can't win with all old guys, but you can't win with all young guys. You know, I get how you want to put a young guy, two young guys, a few young guys in and ride with them. Evan Bouchard, okay, let's play this guy now. Let's watch him play. But you can't have four Evan Bouchard. not if you want to win. You know, it's, it's just, it has to be a mix. Both guys are valuable. The young guy brings enthusiasm. Most times now, uh, Bobby, he brings the superior foot speed that is far more important today than it was in Bugsy Watson's day. You know, they make your team faster. Young guys today are just, cool. Oh, Caulfield, watch the kids skate. It's unbelievable. So, But I'll tell you what, uh, the valuable players on that Habs team, some of them were old dogs, right? Ben Sherrod, Joel Edmondson. Shea Weber, Corey Perry. Those guys are all important players, and they're not young. So you have to have both. I think the Oilers need better veterans, right? They need some of their older guys, you know, their plus 26-year-old players. They need better players in those roles. Is that
0: fair to say? Sure. We're joined by Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Mark, i got to tell you, I would have thought Adam Larson's deal would have got done before Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I don't believe – there's a deal in the uh, proverbial bureau here. Like, I don't believe there's a backdoor deal that's already in place and that allows the orders to protect somebody differently. Uh, somebody different than, I mean, they've gone ahead and have done the thing with Nugent Hopkins. I'm, a, are you at all concerned that Adam Larson isn't done yet? Cause he's a, you know what? In theory, right now, if you had Larson done, you'd be protecting nurse. That's a given. Larson and Ethan Baer. Are you concerned that Larson hasn't done yet? Uh,
1: I won't say that I'm concerned. No. I mean, there's there's a couple scenarios. I don't know. They, I'm not going to sit here, Bob, and tell you I know the answer. But here's what I know for sure. Uh, the Oilers dearly want uh, Adam Larson back. This isn't a, well, we'll take you back, but only at a price. Or they absolutely value uh, this player. You know, I've said this on the show before. He's not stay-at-home Tough hard rock defenseman every team has. And Ken Holland had a really good relationship with Brad Stewart back in the day in Detroit, and he, he covets Adam Larson. So there's a couple things at play here. Maybe if, there's, if the Keith deal is still alive, and I think you and I would agree, if Keith comes to town, he's probably going to be Larson's partner. Uh, maybe there is a handshake deal that says, look, if we can get Keith, then we don't sign you to lock the expansion draft. Uh, That makes everything better for everybody, because it would. You'd have to protect Keith if you got him. So there might be that. And the the last thing I'll say to you, Bob, is, you know, Adam Larson's about to sign a contract. This is his best opportunity left in his career. You know, he was a high draft pick. He signed his ELC, got traded over here, did another deal. This is, as a USA, a chance for him to really explore. So... I'm not saying he doesn't explore and come back to Edmonton. I think he wants to play here. That's what he says. I think he's got a good opportunity. He's an important part of the team. He's a major leader on this team. But I would say to you that he's no doubt. Yeah. Enjoying the ride and letting it unfold, Bob. And I think that if it was your son or your client, you'd advise him to do the same thing, wouldn't
0: you? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you know, ELC signs a six-year extension with New Jersey in, in the you know low force and gets traded for Taylor Hall, uh, and so now he's become the you know an unrestricted free agent. I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see. You know, I, I think at this stage of the game, I at one point I thought it was ninety ten that Larson would be re-signing here. I'll say it's 85-15. I'm only, only because why isn't it done yet? Um, and the only thing you have to, the thing is, if he is not on Edmonton's expansion, uh, protected list on July 17th, the Seattle Kraken have a three-day window to negotiate with him. And who says well, they, they don't? Do. And who I says it? Who says they don't come in five hundred thousand or seven hundred and fifty thousand higher than the Oilers with no tax in that market? Well, now you're having a different conversation if you're his representative. So, you well, know, I guess it, you
1: know what. Here's one thing that I think the fans should know about what Ken Holland's doing with all these players, including Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's trying to build this winning team, and everybody can't have every dollar that they. Conor McDavid. I think we'd all agree, Bob. Conor McDavid could have had more money, right? Yep. I think that's fair to say. And it goes to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, he got a bunch of term, but he didn't get as much AEV as he probably wanted. And, you know, Leon Draisaitl signed his deal. I get it. But he's making less than he would be making in a, you know if he was paid for his production. So my point is this. Every guy Holland talks to, he's trying to get him to take a little less and be part of a, a potential Stanley Cup winner, and that includes Adam Larson. Could Adam Larson get $5 million somewhere? Maybe, but he's not getting it here. And if he wants to be part of this thing, Bob, he's going to have to say to Ken Holland, I'm not going to pick up the phone on Seattle. I'm going to let you make a deal with Keith, and I'm going to sign on our agreed-upon number when the expansion draft is over. If he wants to play here and be part of this thing, you got to sign Nurse next year. We know all these things, Bob. So yep. he's got to play ball too, right? He's got to play ball. It's
0: funny you mention. Uh, we all knew in uh, on July fifth of twenty seventeen, when the Edmonton Oilers extended Connor McDavid, basically one year out from when his ELC was done, that he that he took a, he did take a discount. He could have got more money. We all knew that twelve and a half million times eight years. When Drysdale signed later that summer. The majority of the hardcore analytics types were destroying Pete Chiarelli on that deal. And Peter made mistakes, and we all know that. There are a lot of them. Obviously, the Reinhardt deal is an unmitigated disaster. Um You know, you, you take a look at Lucic. Did not work out. There was a lot. You, you but, don't need to list them. We know what they were. We know <laughs> what they are, but it's got to be stated. Either he had great foresight or he knew with Dreisaitl. Now, i got to tell you, I'd like to think I was about as big a dry saddle, uh supporter amongst the media when he was playing yep, in sure. Prince Albert as anybody. Sure. Even I didn't think he was going to be this good. So, But it is funny how it's worked out because now we look at Drysaddle being an $8.5 million player, and for two straight years, he's been one of the two best offensive players in the world. Granted, he's playing with the other best offensive player in the world, but it ain't all on Connor. And Connor would be the first guy to talk. And it's funny how it has worked out here because when that deal came down the Oilers got crushed they got crushed spec and you know that hey uh sp- speaking of loot sheets, they flipped him for James Neal what's going on there have you had a chance to talk to anybody in Neal's camp uh about you know what potentially may transpire with uh, James Neal
1: well I I mean I think Ken Holland answered the question right after the season when he was asked about whether or not buyouts are part of his summer. I forget what his answer was, but to paraphrase, he said very likely. You know, he left us expecting a buyout here. Um, I don't see Koskinen as a buyout guy unless there's some creative deal made, unless he's part of a trade. So the other guy's got to be Neil. So I I did speak to Pat Morris, his agent, uh, last night at some length, and he has not been informed. That there's an imminent buyout, uh, but he speaks like the agent of a guy that wouldn't be very surprised if a buyout right. happened. Last thing I'll say, Bob, is remember, no one, you'll notice the window opened last night. I haven't seen any buyouts yet. You've got to be on waivers for 24 hours, but no one's buying out before the expansion draft. Before you buy anybody out, don't you make a play with Seattle and, you know, Try and pull something off. I think
0: you do, don't you? Leave options open, absolutely, Mark. Yeah. Spec- Spector joining us, Sportsnet. Spec, Mark Oilers uh, goaltending situation. You just talked about Koskinen. Um, I'm going to be intrigued to see how. I mean, if I'm going to give you a couple names, I'm going to. Uh, the whole Columbus situation's been completely thrown up in the air. We know that because of the unfortunate passing of uh, Matisse uh, uh, Kivlinsk and the fact that obviously Elvis Merzlechkin's was right there with that is uh, it, there were a lot of people that thought Merzlechkin's might be a player he's represented by uh, Jerry Johansson Jerry also has uh, a pretty good goaltending uh, I'd say at this stage is he, is he still a prospect the guy in Florida that ended up you know you, you Chris Streeter, is is he a prospect or is he sort of arrived a bit uh and then I'm going to give you another name I'm going to give you another name because there might be a fit for Edmonton, and that's Gorgiev, with the Rangers. Yeah. Only, be, only because the Oilers have Zach Cassian, and we know the New York Rangers were in Edmonton during the course of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, the Rangers were the team that watched Tom Wilson throw them around. Zach Cassian. Sometimes players in those roles, spec they need to be moved along every three or four years. I personally think that you, you, you know, if you knew what you're going to get out of Cassian every night, and it was consistent, and you know, he can be a pretty effective player. I, I just wonder whether or not you know you think that might something like that might make sense.
1: Well, it does make sense. It does make sense. I, I think everybody. Cassian's such a quandary for Oilers' management and Oilers' fans, right? We all remember, we all know what he looks like when he's doing what you want him to do, and he's so effective, right? And, and if you get rid of that Cassian, you know, I get it. I, I know the reasons why you might do it. He's on an old economy contract. He's making more than he should be making. There's no question about that, Bob. But the first thing you're going to do is to go try to find someone to fill Cassian's role.
0: You yes, know,
1: The Oilers need to get bigger, not smaller. But they also need a goalie here, and they need a... And to get rid of their biggest, roughest one might not be a place to start.
0: Epstein's mother has just texted the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Wait a sec here, Bob. If you're seeing Gorgiev for Cassian, why not your old friend Brian Burke and Tristan Jari for Cassian? And then the Penguins go out and spend on a goalie. Hmm. What do you think of that, Spec? Well, I know you've been pushing Burkey and Cassian because the –
1: Cassian is known as a truculent player. Yes. Um, right. It, listen, it's hard to trade Zach Cassian because he makes too much money. Right. What's he making, Bob? Three and a half.
0: Three and a half for three more years, spec.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a one point eight million dollar player. If you sign him tomorrow, right? he signed in the old economy, so it's a difficult trade to think you're going to get huge value back because you're trading an overpaid player. So. It's a complicated deal, and I'm not sure you just get straight over a real good player like Georgiev or Jari. It's probably more complicated than that.
0: All right, interesting. Uh, Tidbit says, Bob, what about Lawson Krause out of Arizona for toughness? Uh, Well, actually, that's a good suggestion. I, I do Lawson Krause kills penalties. He's six foot four. He's two twenty, can skate. He's not as tough as Cassian. Uh he's better penalty killer than Cassian is. That's, that's the name I mean, we know Arizona's up for grabs too. Spec final one for you. Trip down memory lane. For our friend Jack Hookson at Pro Am Sports and Pro Sports.ca today. The trivia question uh, that we do every Friday. Okay. I said I said, uh here's the deal. This player was uh, never played a game in the NHL, not Drafted, spent several years in Edmonton, was offered uh, multiple one-way NHL contracts, later joined the police force, and in my opinion, was the best member of the Alberta Golden Bears to not play in the NHL. Answer: Adam Morrison. Just as you were leaving the Journal or leaving the the U of A and going to the Journal, that's when Morrison was playing there. He's pretty good, wasn't he? Like, like
1: so many U of A players, he, he, uh, he had a couple of NHL skills, you know. He didn't have all of the NHL skills or he would have played in the NHL. But he had an NHL shot all day long, right? He had a, a shot that was better than some guys playing for the Oilers at that time. And he had good size and he was a very smart player. He didn't and he was tough. Well. And he was tough. And he was tough. And he was tough. And he was ornery and and tons of tons of skill, Bob. Tons of skill. Didn't skate at an NHL level. And frankly, I I don't want to speak for Adam because you know he was a good guy and a good player. I don't know if he ever really wanted to be an NHL player, Bob.
0: Mark, he got offered multiple one-way deals, and he elected to stay in school and ended up joining the police uh, service for a number of years. So yeah. there, well, that, that hey, kind of tells it's you right not there. For
1: everybody. Right? You
0: and I, you. what do you say, Bob? You and me had blocked slap shots in
1: the nude for one shift. He didn't feel like playing his right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, that was one guy that you didn't want to screw around with or upset because when he had to do it, he could do it. <laughs> so Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, you, you always. He, yeah. That was a guy you knew. Okay, there you go. Awesome stuff. Don't spec. him in the... the- don't catch him on the wrong night in Rat, Bob. <laughs> or, or that might be the guy in the wrong night in Rat where you give him the cold tap and say, hey, brother, can you help me out here? <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, Mark. All right, awesome. Have a great weekend, Bobby. There you go. Geez, those days, those never happened. Just to set the record straight, I will neither confirm nor deny that there was a sixth floor at Rat where sometimes the Hellraisers got taken to and dealt with, or so the story goes. We'll take a quick time out. You're listening to winners now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the
1: Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Soffer on 630 Ched.
0: 128 in Edmonton. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wittasquin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wittasquin committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough, payments or an interest rate that's too high, or a vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt UncleMiltRich.com. Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Or give them a call, one 877 477 or visit BrentRidge.com. As we head off into the Oilers Now Injury Report for our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James, L., James H. Brown. They are the heavy hitters in injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com, and here's Brendan Escott. Ugh, Jeff Petrie's
1: bloodshot eyes happened uh, from the pain of having his pinky reset after it was fractured, getting snagged in the camera hole in round three. I just about threw up when I heard that. That is terrible. Uh, he said he just about passed out. You've up. never broken or dislocated your fingers well, before? thinking about a professional hockey player, especially the ilk of Jeff Petrie, in so much pain having that reset, set that he nearly passes out and has the blood vessels burst in his eye. Can't fathom that kind of pain. Surgery would have signed, sidelined him uh, six to eight weeks, so that's why he chose against that. And Tyler Toffoli reportedly playing through a groin injury dr- down the stretch, although he yeah, said had, that's not why he didn't
0: produce. Yeah, they had a lot of injuries. Gallagher had about six. Uh, Jack Michaels coming up from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and of course one of the Oilers 2 radio play-by-play voices along with Cam after a Global News Weather Traffic Update, Eileen Bell.